Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. I just want to share a short uh, encouragement with you because then we're going to um, set aside some specific time for um, to, to worship God, to, to pray and to anoint everyone with oil who, who wants to be. Now, if you're here for the first time, um, I want to say something contradictory. Okay, this isn't something that happens every week, but also is something that happens every week. You're like, well, what, what, do you, what, do you, what do you mean by that? Well, you see, every time we come before God, we believe that it's His desire to fill us with His Spirit, to, to come and encourage us wherever we are, Wherever we at, wherever we are at, sorry. Um, so it's it's something that doesn't happen every week. But then this part, his encouragement, his spirit coming to fill our lives, we believe is something that happens every week. You see, this is not just a Sunday morning thing. God doesn't check the calendar and go, oh right, uh, Australian Western Standard Time. It's 10 a.m. on a Sunday, so here we go. Like I'm ready to uh, I'm ready to to meet with people. I'm ready to pour out my spirit. On, on, on their life. Now, he's available 24-7. Like um, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, he said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. You see, that's what our season of prayer and fasting that we've just had over the last 21 days has been all about. It's been denying ourselves something of this world. Maybe for you it was food or social media or, uh, or movies, whatever those things were that came around to distract us. We, we, we said no to those so that we could hunger and thirst for the things of God. Uh, I've been listening to one of my favourite preachers, which is a guy named John Tyson, who's an Australian guy who pastors uh, Church of the City in New York, and they've been doing this um, uh, sermon series recently, and, and no, we didn't steal everything from there, so don't worry, but I just love the title, because they're talking about revival, and the title is called God Comes Where He's Wanted. God comes where he's wanted. He was like, what, what's the key? Well, God comes where he's wanted. What, what does Jesus say in the Beatitudes there? He says, hunger and thirst after righteousness, for then you shall be filled. So, so yes, every week we desire to seek and be filled by God's power, by his peace and by his purpose. We, we aren't a social organization that plays a bit of music, occasionally has free burgers afterwards, has a nice TED talk, and then leaves going, oh, I think I might improve my life slightly. No, 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 that's not what the church is. We believe that there is more of God. We, 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 we believe that, that he wants to come and he wants to fill us. And so, so this is every week, but also today is significant and it is different. As I mentioned at the end of this message, we're going to sing and worship God again. Then we have a team that are going to come forward and, and pray with anyone who wants to be prayed for. They have a little jar of oil. It's a sign of the Holy Spirit. I'll explain more of that in a couple of moments. And they'll just put a, put a dab on your forehead and they'll pray for you. And you see, this, this, this model of this regular time with God, but also these key moments, uh, this was actually demonstrated by Jesus when he was on this earth. Uh, just, just one of the occasions, John 5 verse 16, uh, there's many references like this, but talking about Jesus, it said, but he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. 
it was the norm for Jesus to uh, come away from people to be with the Father. That was, that was a normative part of his life. And, and, and so we see that in the life of Christ, Christ but also... We see significant times of encounter that, that, that Jesus had. And so today what we're going to do is we're going to uh, look at Scripture. We're going to look at one of these. And uh, I want to encourage you, if you've been uh, in church for years, I want to encourage you not just to switch off because you may know this part. So you're like, oh, yeah, I know this one. Oh, yeah, pull this one out. Yeah, that's great. No, no, there's always more of God's Word and presence to encounter, and so I want to encourage you wherever you are on your journey with Jesus. Um, great Lord of the Rings references there. I was just I was worried that um, that that meant Zade was going to talk for three hours like a Lord of the Rings movie, but he didn't, so it's okay. It's all right. But wherever you are on your journey, let, let, let's lean into this. Uh, Luke three verse twenty one and twenty two says this. It'll be on the screen behind me. When all the people were baptized, Jesus also was baptized as he was praying. Heaven opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in a physical appearance like a dove, and a voice came from heaven. You are my beloved son. I take delight in your, some other versions will say, in you I am well pleased. We'll we'll, we'll skip down. These are some significant key moments for Jesus. We'll skip down to Luke 4, verses 14 to 21. It says, And Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread throughout the entire vicinity. He was teaching in their synagogues, being acclaimed by everyone. He came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. As usual, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him, and unrolling the scroll, he found the place where it it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord. Verse 20, he then rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fixed on him. He began saying to them, today as you listen, this scripture has been fulfilled. So so let's just recap those brief moments I gave you for, for a second. So Jesus was baptized in the River Jordan, that was a, a ceremonial cleansing, cleansing of his life. He, he then he spends significant amount of time, the Bible says, in prayer and fasting. Then he, then he returns to this place, Galilee, uh, to his local synagogue, and he reads this scripture from Isaiah. Um, he says it's fulfilled, and then he sits down. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Now, now, now what, is this, what is this thing called the anointing? Well, this word can get thrown around a lot, particularly in a uh, Pentecostal church uh, like ours. And it's normally, when, when we say it, it, it gets connected to uh, the post-resurrection church, so like after Jesus rose from the dead and the day of Pentecost and the early church and all those things. But chronologically speaking, this episode here that we look at, this happens many years before that. How did Jesus know about the anointing? What was this? How did, how, did, how did he know about this? You see, the text that was available to him was the Old Testament. And in the Old Testament, as you read through, you'll see the word anoint or anointing used many times. In its basic form, it just means to, to smear or to rub. But what they would do is they would anoint a king uh, or a priest. They would anoint them with oil before they took on service 
And as you read through the Old Testament, you see anointing uh, someone with oil takes on this, uh, this theological or, or God-related meaning as well. It meant that that person was set apart for divine use, that they were empowered by God to fulfill their divine task. You might be thinking, well, just a second, you read before, but no one, no one poured oil on Jesus. What, how, how, how does that work? Well, we believe that he was, and Scripture declares that, I'll read it in a second, that he was anointed by the Holy Spirit and by the Holy Spirit's power. That at Jesus' baptism, he was anointed with the Holy Spirit. We read that there was a symbol uh, where it says the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. The Holy Spirit wasn't an actual dove. It was just their best description that they could, that they could give at the time. And then it says afterwards that he was sent, uh, he was led, sorry, into the wilderness being full of the Spirit. And then it says after his temptation, he returned in the power of the Spirit. Acts 10.38 says that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. You see, Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit in his power. He was baptized in the Spirit. That's why we actually call him Jesus Christ. The word Christ is not his last name. It wasn't, you know, like, oh, is it Jesus Smith or Jesus Fredericton or Jesus, you know, whatever. No, 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 they weren't sort of in Instagram trying to find him, Jesus dot what. Like, I don't, no, no, it's actually a word that means anointed one. It's actually a title, not a name. And you see, it was that anointing that set Jesus apart for divine use, that empowered him with his divine purpose. He said, the spirit of the Lord is on me because, you see, the anointing that we receive from the Holy Spirit is not just so we can have, you know, nice God tingles and nice feelings. It's not so I can have a better life and just, you know, that everything can be set out and rosy for me and work. No, no, we are anointed by God's spirit so that we can fulfill a divine purpose. See, God has a divine purpose for each and every single person here. He has an anointing for you to go out into your world, wherever that is, whatever that sphere is, carrying the Holy Spirit of God and to be filled by His Spirit because He has a purpose for you. You see, the anointing with oil, the, the smearing, the, the rubbing, we're doing, we're doing a rub, not like a poured over you. Don't worry, you're like, man, I just bought this shirt. Now it's going to be olive oil. No, it's baby oil, by the way. It smells nicer. But, you know, like, um, you know, what, what's going to happen? No, we're just going to dab a bit of oil on the forehead as a, as a representation of God's Spirit. You see, as Christians... We don't just believe in the material world. You know, like I only believe things, you know, the five senses, what I can taste, touch, see, smell, and hear, I think is what I missed. So we don't just believe in the material world. We believe there's a supernatural world. But also, we don't believe that the material world is inherently evil and has no value when it comes to spiritual matters. Sometimes there are moments when the natural and the spiritual, they overlap and God does something powerful. Like when we take communion, we're naturally taking bread that we probably purchased from the IGA at Seascapes and Rabina juice. Okay, it's not, that, it's not that amazing. That's what it is. But it's something natural that crosses over the spiritual. And we believe that as we do that, we're connecting with Jesus and identifying with his body and his blood. 
When we, when we have baptisms, we, we believe it's an outward expression of an inward reality of saying, my life is being changed by the power of God, so I'm going to go down in the waters, waters that aren't special necessarily. They're from the tap. We probably cleaned about 10 spiders out of the tank from down the side the day before. So it's very practical. But in that, there's this crossover between the natural and the spiritual. When we pray for people, we often lay hands on them. Why? Because there's a crossover of the natural and the spiritual. Hey, in faith, I'm putting my hand on you, believing that the power of God is going to move through my life and into yours. It's the same with the oil on the forehead this morning as a crossover of saying, you know what? We believe that God's spirit wants to come and fill your life. See, God wants you to be anointed today. Why? Really quickly. Number one, because he wants you to be set apart for divine purpose. Students, you don't just attend school. There's a divine purpose on it. God has called you to reach your friends. He's called you, yes, to learn and grow and to be equipped for um, you know, the workplace and the things that God has in front of you. But he's also called you to your school to make a difference to make a difference in people's lives. He's called you to your TAFE, to your college, to your university, to bring the love and the grace and the power of Jesus Christ with you wherever you go. He has called you and prepared you to influence in this world through your working life, yes, but also through your schooling. You see, if, if, you're, if you're a parent here, you aren't just called to raise a family. God's entrusted you with children to be taught the ways of God, to, to model the ways of God, to allow God's dream to develop inside their lives and then pray and declare that that destiny that God has over their life will just, will just come out all the way through. God has called you parents with a divine purpose not just to raise nice functional children who are nice to people and get a good job. And, you know, all those things are important. That's fine. But there is a greater call than that. There is a divine purpose in your parenting to release the dreams and the visions that God wants to place in your children's life, no matter their age. There's a call of God on you. Why? Because you are anointed. You know, you don't just attend work for a pay packet. There is divine purpose in it. You are called to be an influence in that workplace. Is that by sharing your faith? It could be. It may be. Is that by working in a way that glorifies God? Most definitely. That's integral, that values people, that has excellence uh, attached to whatever craft you do, that's a, that uh, that shows an attitude of hard work and not laziness or entitlement? Yes, absolutely. Why? Because God has called you. He has anointed you with divine purpose. He has set you apart wherever you are for a divine purpose. And the other thing is because he wants to empower you to do extraordinary things. Do extraordinary things. You see, the purpose of God and the vision of God for your life, it exceeds your own ability and your own capacity. What God has called you to. You can't do it in your own strength. Sometimes we hear that and we think that that means a Netflix series is going to be made about me because I'm just going to be this and that and it's going to be amazing. But sometimes it's just very simple. It's the strength of God to complete the divine purpose that God has for you. Can, can, can I just share, um, honestly with you, I've been thinking about this the last couple of weeks, but as many of you uh, know, because of the generosity of this church um, from about halfway through January this year, um, I've been able to uh, come on full-time uh, as, uh, as the location pastor here, uh, which is amazing. But you know what was really funny? is In the first couple of weeks, um, I just really felt like this, 
self-imposed pressure on myself. It's like, oh, I'm full-time now. We better grow more. I better do more stuff. I, I generally have a pretty good work ethic, if you know me. So, you know, like getting more stuff done is not really a, yeah, it just sort of happens. But I, I felt like this, yeah, I know I sounded like I was up myself then, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, okay. <laughs> humility, humility. That's what happens when your daughter laughs at you from the front row. Thanks. <laughs> okay, but, but honestly, there was a little bit of this, like, self-imposed pressure. Oh, well, you know, we better grow. We better do this. We better, we, we better do that. And, and I had to come back and go, you know what? No, no, no. Holy Spirit, you've anointed me for this. That doesn't mean that I have to try and, you know, work more and, you know, in my own strength. I don't, it doesn't mean they have to like, oh, come on, like this thing, you know, people are going to get saved, you know, this thing's going to go. No, no, no. That's not what God has called me to. Why? Because he wants to fill us with his spirit because he wants to anoint you and empower you to do extraordinary things, do extraordinary things. Maybe the band can come and join me as we start to wrap up here. You see, the great news is that you're not called to do this alone, but you're anointed by the Holy Spirit. And so like I said, as we come to this moment, uh, we're in, in a moment I'm going to ask you all to stand and we're going we're to sing again. We're going to sing about the goodness of God again. And then we're going to open up the front area here. We've got a prayer team that are ready to pray for you. But I want to encourage you when it comes this time to, as we prepare our hearts to be anointed, I want to encourage you to choose faith, not feeling. You see, our pursuit is for a move of God, not just an emotion or a feeling of God. Oftentimes when God comes, you feel his presence physically. But It's more than that. And so I want to encourage you, let's take by faith that we have been anointed by God. If you come down the front, someone prays for you, get a bit of oil on your forehead, and you think, I don't know, like I didn't feel like a big booming voice from heaven. Um, I, I, I don't know what happened. I want to encourage you, choose faith over feeling. You are anointed. You are anointed. The Holy Spirit comes, fills you feels you to be an anointed teacher, feels you to be an anointed uh, miner, feels you to be an anointed uh, engineer, an anointed doctor, an anointed lawyer, an anointed whatever, whatever it is, feels you to be an anointed parent, feels you to be an anointed year eight student. God's, come on, we need some anointed year eight students that will go and make a difference in their school. So we choose faith, not feeling. And we choose repentance, not rebellion. You might be thinking, oh, wow, rebellion. That's a strong word. But, you know, we all have areas of our hearts that aren't aligned with God. But I believe that as we come before God in repentance, that He reveals those areas. And as as He reveals them, there's a grace to repent and turn our hearts to Him. Matthew 5 verse 8 says, sorry, this isn't on the screen because I just added it. But it's, it says, blessed, blessed are those who are pure in heart, for they shall see God. That's, that's our heart this morning. They would be pure in heart before Him. And so I'd love to invite you. Would you, would you stand this morning? I'm going to pray and then we're going to sing uh, this song again. Jesus, we just thank you right now. 
God, we thank you for your anointing. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. God, we thank you right now that as we set our hearts to you, we thank you like your word says, the pure in heart, they shall see God. They shall see God. So Lord, we thank you for that seeing right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.